0: The following television show is entirely fictitious. Any similarity to the history of any person living or dead, or any actual events, is entirely coincidental and unintentional, except where specifically noted otherwise in the cast and crew credits. All celebrity voices are impersonated, and no celebrities have endorsed any aspect of this show. With that in mind, America, let us rise up against our celebrities and make fun of them in 3D. <laughs> what the heck?
1: In the third. Even further, I'm like that looks oddly three, <laughs> like a 3D <laughs> image. Uh,
0: anaglyph 3D. Yeah. The Third Uh. Dimension. The clerks of the Quick Stop of Leonardo, New Jersey, have now, for your viewing pleasure, entered the Third Dimension. Quick Stoppers to episode 65 of the Laser Comb Podcast, the show where we comb through random episodes of classic television with a fine-tooth laser. I am, as always, The Siege, one of your hosts.
1: And I'm your other host, Neo Cal.
0: And we've uh, we've taken a bit about uh, I think about a month or so off from this show, but we're we're back. We're back, baby.
1: We're back in 3D.
0: We're back and ready to attack in all three dimensions and even some other dimensions that we may not know about or that we, we may know we, about, but
1: you don't. But you don't. That's, we that's, can't interact with those dimensions and we can't prove them. But we know they're there. Uh know. Ow. Uh,
0: this week on the Laser Comb Podcast, we are talking about a show that uh, was has always kind of been high on my list of TV shows to talk about on this very podcast. And it's a little show called Clerks the Animated Series. Now, Clerks the Animated Series, it was a six episode cartoon that aired for a grand total of two weeks on ABC in the year (laughs) 2000. (laughs) Two episodes aired. And, oh, uh, I didn't realize. Yeah, two episodes aired. Uh, the the one that we're reviewing is technically in production order the fourth episode, which has something of a mouthful of a title. Let me figure out what it is. It is a. Okay, are you ready for this?
1: I no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, This is episode four of Clerks the Animated Series, which is known as A Dissertation of the American Justice System by people who have never been inside a courtroom, let alone know anything about the law, but have seen way too many legal thrillers.
1: I feel like that's titled... That title uh, is is Personally Attacking Us. (laughs) Uh, It originally aired
0: on May 31st, 2000.
1: Hey man, I watched my cousin Vinny. I'm pretty sure I can represent myself in court. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good movie, good movie. Yeah, I need to revisit
0: it. Decades, it, it's been decades. Y- yeah, I haven't seen it since the 2000s, but it's one of those movies that I keep like in the back of my head. I'm like, hey, I should, uh, I should rewatch that sometime.
1: And the once in a blue moon when. It is referenced by something else. I'm like, who's that for? Gen uh, X and older millennials, I guess. I think, Mar-
0: I could be wrong, but I think Marissa Tomei, uh, the great, great uh, Marissa Tomei, I think she was nominated for an Academy Award for that movie. <laughs> I think she got nominated for like Best best Supporting Actress or something like that. I can believe it. Yeah. Back in the day so- when... Comedies used to get nominated for Academy Awards all the time rip and peace Yep, those days are over uh, So clerks the animated series is a show based on the 1994 film uh, clerks uh, written and directed by Kevin Smith uh, very famously his uh, directorial debut uh, uh famously shot on a, a shoestring budget in the convenience store that he worked at in the middle of the night using black and white film stock because that was at the time that was cheaper now he little uh, did
1: we know little did we
0: know it, well and eventually like by the time the 2000s rolled around black and white film stock like it switched black and white film stock became more expensive Mm-hmm. color but in the early 90s which uh, I believe he shot the film in uh 1993 uh back then the uh black and white film stock was a lot cheaper so uh it was made on a budget of 27 thousand dollars that was mostly financed through Kevin Smith uh basically like bullshit and credit card companies uh, he's talked about this he he has a series of uh Q&A DVDs called An Evening with Kevin Smith, and he's talked about this uh, quite openly, that he was the one who was working at the Quick Stop, and he would tell credit card companies that he worked at the Quick Stop, So, and he would say, like, oh, he makes like $60,000 a year or something like that. And so when the credit card companies would call, he would answer and would be like, yes, Kevin Smith works here, and he makes $60,000 a year. You you should give him all the the uh, all the credit cards uh, <laughs> that a person can possibly get.
1: So, so he, he himself was his reference.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, he also sold a bunch of his comic book collection. Kevin Smith is a famously like quite a big uh, big geek,
1: mm, and he had to sell a bunch, huh? Yeah, he
0: sold a bunch, apparently, uh, though, I believe after clerks hit it big, he used the money that he made off of that to go back and buy, buy back all of his comic book collection.
1: Oh, so he pawned (laughs) this
0: basically. Uh, yeah. Uh, so clerks, uh, was, uh, clerks is one of my favorite movies. Like it's definitely top 25 for me. It's, uh, Kevin Smith himself would deny this, but like, I feel like he was kind of, kind of the voice of a generation of like young people in the nineties. Right. I've said for a long time that I, I like, I'm a millennial. I'm very much a millennial, but like I have... Sometimes I consider myself sometimes like in the middle between a gen Xer and a millennial, and I think it's because in the nineties, I was watching a lot of indie films aimed at gen Xers when I was a kid,
1: right? That's why you kind of feel like an in-between. Yeah. Even though a traitor, if you will, (laughs) a traitor, (laughs) even (laughs) though
0: uh, from a, from an age perspective, I'm very much a millennial elder millennial at this point, but.
1: Oh, elder.
0: Yes, I know. Right. Yeah. Uh uh Clerks uh Kevin Smith uh, showed cl- Clerks at uh the Cannes Film Festival. It made a big splash. Uh it was bought by Miramax. Uh hilariously enough, the budget of the film jumped from $27,000 to nearly $300,000 because of the licensed soundtrack
1: which miramax added
0: which, which miramax added to the the total budget ah huh. so the budget like the the budget went from like less than 30,000 to almost 300,000 simply <laughs> because of the soundtrack
1: the licensed soundtrack but damn it now we we got uh a decade later we got the the animated series or at not least e- two episodes not even a decade later uh Kevin Smith followed
0: up Clerks with uh, Mallrats, a movie starring uh, Jason Lee and I always forget the main dude, you know, main dude guy, main dude. The character's name is T.S. I just always forget the actor's name because he kind of didn't really amount to anything. Um, And interestingly enough, the Kevin Smith before it was cool, I might add, uh, Kevin Smith launched a shared cinematic universe with his movies. Mm hmm. Uh, all of these characters exist within the same world. They all live in New Jersey, and most of them know each other or are related to each other in some way. And events between films are directly
1: referenced all the time. hmm Well, and indeed, the obvious tie-in there would be uh, Jay and Silent Bob. Yes. Which even the very casual uh, movie enjoyer is aware of a certain of, the, of a certain age, anyway. Yeah, of a certain age is aware of the that duo. Uh, in my experience,
0: Gen Z kids aren't terribly familiar with Jay and Silent Bob.
1: Why would they? Yeah, right. They're I like mean, babies we... when this stuff was starting to teeter off. Like the um, the movie, the live action movie was. Oh, what year was that? Do you remember? When they got their
0: solo movie? Yeah. Jay Silent Bob Jane Silent Back. Bob
1: specifically.
0: Yeah, yeah. Jane Silent Bob Strike Back came out in 2001. That was the f- Wow
1: one yeah. fifth
0: film in the uh what is known as the View Esque Universe. <laughs> because Kevin <laughs> Smith's production company was called View Askew Productions. So the shared uh cinematic universe of Jane Silent Bob and Randall and Dante and the Quick Stop and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera is known as the View
1: Universe. Nice. But yeah, the, they either weren't born or were Gen Z was either not born or were babies at right. that time. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Mallrats was followed up with
0: uh, Mallrats, which was a complete box office failure, by the way. Uh, oh, Claire, I didn't know that. Clerks was a big uh, indie darling, made uh, a ton of money at the box office, but it also, because its budget was so small, it it's all about profit margins. So it's like if a movie costs three hundred thousand dollars and makes ten million dollars, that's tech that's technically way more successful than a movie that costs forty million dollars and only makes fifty million.
1: Right. Right.
0: Uh. Yeah, so uh, Mallrats completely bombed at the box office. Uh, Kevin Smith followed that up with Chasing Amy, a movie that was made on a, I think, $250,000 budget, uh, which was pretty much nothing, but that's the budget that he took because he wanted to cast his friends in as the lead roles. He wanted to cast Jason Lee, and Ben Affleck, two of his best friends, and his girlfriend at the time, uh, Joey Laurel Adams. okay okay the the concession uh was in exchange for from uh, harvey weinstein uh now disgraced uh film producer but uh the concession from harvey weinstein was that if he wanted to make a movie with it with his friends he had to agree to take a like shockingly low budget and so kevin smith went for it uh, Chasing Amy was a big critical darling. By the way, listeners, I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. If it isn't obvious with how I'm just like rattling all this information off the top of my head, mm-hmm. um, uh, Kevin Smith followed, uh, yeah, uh, Chasing Amy was a big, uh, critical darling, made a lot of money at the box office, ma- did the independent, uh, uh, film festival circuit in uh, 1997. And then from there in 1999, I think he, uh, wrote and directed, uh, dogma, which because, uh, chasing Amy was such a hit on such a small budget, uh, people were willing to give him money again. <laughs> and indeed uh, *Dogma*, another Jay and Silent Bob movie, by the way, in chasing Amy, Jay and Silent Bob do technically appear, but they appear in one scene. Only one scene. It's a pretty prolific scene in the film, but they're only in it, the movie for
1: oh. all of like five minutes. Okay, yeah, yeah, I remember it. Been a long time since I've seen that. Right. Yeah, yeah, I remember the scene.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a scene in the restaurant. Oh yeah, they're only
1: briefly in it.
0: Yeah, it's a scene in a restaurant where uh Silent Bob uh decides to go on a big ironically enough, decides to go on a big monologue. Uh, that convinces, uh, helps Ben Affleck's character who had been struggling with the fact that he was in love with a lesbian. Uh, it gives him perspective on things. It's also been a long time since I've seen the movie too.
1: Yeah. And Uh, that was kind of like that, that, that character break is became part of the character where once per movie or whichever they'll say something like really profound and to the point because he needs to speak up
0: even in the fir- uh, the very first film, uh, clerks, Jay, uh, or silent Bob does say something like right at the end of the movie. And it's something that's profound and helps the, uh, uh, Dante, the main character of the movie, uh, gain a new perspective on things. Basically that's kind of silent Bob's MO. For the Mm -hmm. most part, except in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, which the one time he speaks up, he just basically just insults Jay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, basically freaks out at him. Yeah, it freaks out at him. Kind of liked that. But yeah, you're right. That's his frustrations with Jay just mounted up. Yeah. At that point. Uh, So, um... Dogma was a pretty
0: big hit, uh, and that was followed up with uh, *Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back*, which was a relative monster hit. Like that really? was a mo- that was a re- uh, that was a movie that, like, when we were teenagers, that like everyone I knew watched *Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back*. Even if they didn't hadn't seen any of the other uh, Kevin Smith films, like they, everyone I knew was all about *Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back*.
1: And then Same. I, yeah, isn't that weird?
0: Yeah, and then I had to be the contrarian and be like, oh, this is actually, I've seen them all, and this is actually the worst one.
1: <laughs> uh, grossed 30, 30 million US, 3.7, for worldwide total of 33.8 million. That's just at the box office. Kevin Smith's films
0: uh, at the time had a tendency to uh, be huge successes on home video.
1: That mm-hmm. Oh, right. That's box
0: office. And the yep. budget was 22 million. So Yeah, it was not a, a, not bad. big hit on DVD.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think,
0: I think I had it on at had it at least once on DVD. I definitely did back in yeah. the day. Yeah. Uh that was supposed to be the end of the viewed view isque view universe. Kevin Smith moved on to making a uh um a romantic comedy starring Ben Affleck called Jersey Girl that completely bombed. I've never seen it to this day. Neither I've, have I.
1: I've no. heard it's
0: not very good. And that was born out of uh, uh Ben I forgot Affleck Forgot
1: that was even him. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Ben Affleck right. wa- basically he said to Kevin Smith cuz they're not friends anymore for one reason or another, but they were still really good friends at the time and Ben Affleck had said to Kevin Smith he's like, "Hey, I really want you to write me something like uh like Chasing Amy again." And uh, Kevin Smith is like, motherfucker! Like one of us has won an Oscar for writing a screenplay, and it's not me, because <laughs> at the time <laughs> Ben Affleck had won um, an Oscar for uh, co-writing *Goodwill Hunting*.
1: So, uh, how does that? Who who won the Oscar for that?
0: Uh, ben Affleck.
1: But even though they were co-writers.
0: But, no, Ben Affleck and uh, Matt Damon co-wrote *Goodwill Hunting*. Right, and they, was, right, and uh, they had both won the Oscar for Best Original Screenplay.
1: So in that case, they both would win
0: it, right? Yeah, but uh, Ben Affleck was like hounding Kevin Smith. He's like, write me, write me a really good script. Write me something like, uh, like *Chasing <laughs> Amy* again. I really wanted to do another movie like *Chasing Amy*, and Kevin Smith is like, motherfucker, one of us one of us has won an oscar for screenwriting and it's not me
1: <laughs> and yet <laughs> right he did it anyway himself.
0: he did it anyway uh that wasn't a terribly big success uh, like, follow- i forgot
1: about that to be honest
0: he followed that up with in 2006 with uh clerks 2 a sequel to clerks uh and when now- was that 2006 now in color uh, Jane's and on and was and Dante. after
1: the animated series.
0: Yep. 2006. Right. Um, clerks two uh, came out in 2006, uh, now in living color. Randall and Dante jo- uh, at and silent Bob are back this time joined by Rosario Dawson as well. You know what?
1: I fucking like clerks two.
0: I think, uh, clerks two is Kevin Smith's best film overall. I, I think at that point... Oh, I was,
1: I was waiting for you to be like, and like, disagree with me. No, I, like, fundamentally, it is the funniest, one of the funniest comedies I've ever seen.
0: I think Clerks 2 represents kind of the culmination of uh, everything that Kevin Smith had done up to that point. The, the comedy, the witty banter, the back and the, uh The back writing and forth. can't be denied. The, the back and forth band. between Randall and Dante <laughs> uh it's it takes the wit of something like clerks and mallrats and the heart of something like chasing amy and puts it all together
1: and do you know how easy and how easy it is to fuck up the oh man they're trying to fit like a romance arc in this comedy and it just right. kind of sits in the background and you don't care about it you know it's there but whatever like you need to get parents or you need to get like you need to appeal to like some sort of crowd or whatever but um i don't know it it works in that because um she's included in the main cast and she's part of the comedy she's not just like the i don't remember the character's name um but she's not just like part of like the background or she's not like a nag or anything like that like it's the romance in it um the coming of age in it with the the young the young guy working in the burger the moo oh elias yeah elias (laughs) yeah um man it i don't know it works which is the idea of the same thing with clerks the idea of people coming and going making um um man my sorry my brain's off today uh when people make an appearance and like comedians or Actors just make a brief appearance cameo oh cameo Yeah, yeah the there are tons of cameos of...
0: in clerks too wanda this... sykes has a cameo uh oh, jason lee has a cameo and uh a f- few other people do as well ben affleck <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> um i actually i re clerks too uh for the first time in a long time maybe it's my favorite kevin smith
1: movie
0: absolutely uh maybe about Three years ago now. And let me tell you, I, I that movie I was 21 when that movie came out, and I I, uh-huh, I did really uh-huh. love it. <laughs> uh that movie hits a lot harder when you're in your 30s because it's a movie about characters who are kind of meandering in their thirties and not knowing what to do with their lives. It so hits a lot harder.
1: Fifteen years ago ago, us were like very young adults. Yep. Um should give it a rewatch. You should. Because
0: trust, trust me, it, it hits a lot harder when you're in your 30s as well, much
1: like these characters are. Yeah, it's been like 15-ish years. Yeah. And I thought it was funny then, even though I wasn't necessarily the... Tar- Again, it's that thing you mentioned, where we grew up on so much older media. Maybe that's a poor kid thing. I don't know. Let us know Maybe. if you're listening to this. <laughs> if you didn't grow up like and you still ingested like older like media but um but yeah I, it it worked it it was very entertaining and hilarious to me and i was like young so i can't imagine what i'll think going into that yeah, in my I, like mid late 30s yeah I, I i definitely
0: recommend it it's you're gonna you're gonna have a, a newfound appreciation for the film Kevin Smith followed that up with a movie called Zach and Mary Make a Porno, starring Seth Rogen and Elizabeth Banks, and a bunch of his friends like Jason Mewes, who plays. I don't Jay. know.
1: It, I I don't not support any one individual in the entirety of that movie, but I. It was I fine. It was fine. wasn't even fine for me. It was. It was was, like, wouldn't even have on in the background kind of movie. It it wasn't egregiously offensive or like bad. It just wasn't, it was very predictable and it was kind of like sad and just.
0: Kevin Smith has said in hindsight that it was him basically trying to make a Judd Apatow comedy, which were really big in the mid to late 2000s. It was him trying to like tap into that and he's admitted in hindsight that it doesn't really work. Cause that's just, that's not his voice.
1: Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I can see that.
0: Uh, from there, Kevin Smith did a movie called red state, which is a thriller based on the in kind of loosely inspired by the Westboro Baptist church. Red state's actually pretty good.
1: I've never seen it.
0: Um, oh. He also uh, directed a movie that he didn't write called Cop Out, starring Bruce Willis. That is complete dog shit.
1: Did <laughs> we made jokes about this years ago, uh, listeners? If you're not aware, we uh, one of the early projects. Shortly after we started uh, our first podcast, and ongoing, too much energy on. Yep, still going. Uh w- how did cop out come out? Was it was it on our reboot podcast? I
0: have no idea at this point. For for all I know, it could have been something that we just like shit talked on like a per- random preamble or something. I think
1: yeah, I, I think you had brought it up and brought up like watching it, and you were you just like went off about it, and you like shared a clip or something, and I was like, is this real? Like it almost seemed <laughs> seemed. It almost seemed parody esque, except that a parody would have been better. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like if it was a parody with Bruce Willis, it would have been funny, but it's not.
0: No. And it, it, according to Kevin Smith as well, like, um, cop out, like it's a movie he didn't write, it was, he, it was work for hire for him. The only reason he did it basically was because uh, directed it was because he wanted to meet Bruce Willis. <laughs> As one does. Uh, uh, And then his reaction immediately after that was never meet your heroes because he did not have a good experience working with Bruce Willis, which I'm like, well, that's unfortunate. Uh, Throughout the 2010s, Kevin Smith made a whole slew of like weird, like horror-esque horror inspired movies like Tusk and like weird dumb comedies with Husk his was him. Yeah, huh. dumb comedies with his daughter, like yoga hosers. Uh, These are movies. all movies that I have <laughs> never bothered with just because I've, the reception of them was so negative. There was also a Jay and Silent Bob animated movie that came out in 2014. Uh Just called Jay and Silent Bob's groovy cartoon movie. Uh, It's quite bad. I watched it once on Netflix like a decade ago, and uh, maybe I'll revisit it at some point, but um, I'm not terribly motivated to do so.
1: The art style doesn't um, bring me
0: joy. No, the animation. Everything about the movie is terrible. (laughs) Back in 2019, Kevin Smith released uh, a film called uh, Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, which deals with Jay and Silent Bob finding out that the so in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, the like crux of that movie was that they find out that a comic book that was created by the by Ben Affleck's character in Chasing Amy called Bluntman and Chronic that was based on them, that there was going to be a movie uh, made uh, based on it. And they don't like this because people are like shit talking them on the internet. So they go on a quest to Hollywood to stop the blunt Man and chronic movie from being made. But
1: isn't that the movie that was like, wasn't that strike back
0: that that was strike back. So that was the plot of strike back. Now Jay and Silent Bob reboot is about, they find out that the blunt man and chronic movie that does end up getting made is going to be remade. And so they decide that they need to stop the remake from happening. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. I I was talking about this to a uh, co-worker of mine who was a Gen Z kid. Uh, And he, he was like, oh, yeah, you know, like I've seen Clerks, but like that's the only Kevin Smith movie I've seen. Like is Jay and Silent Bob Reboot any good? And how I described it was I'm like... Now, imagine you're sitting around with a bunch of old friends of yours, like drinking beers, maybe getting stoned or whatever, like having a good time, reminiscing about the old <laughs> days, referencing old jokes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, it sounds like a good time, right? Now, imagine you're yeah. in a room. Now, imagine you're in a room with your dad and his buddies who are doing that. enjoying is
1: literally the worst.
0: Exactly. Your enjoyment of Jay and Silent Bob reboot is entirely dependent on having like baked in like memories and uh, affection for all of these characters. If you don't have that, this movie is going to mean nothing to you. And indeed, even on that level, it's not terribly great. But it and is, it, it's fun to catch up with all of these like characters again after 20 years, though.
1: Yeah, and the characters and the actors and their, their aging and yeah. Uh, recovery from certain addictions, you know all that. Yeah, all Jason that good stuff.
0: Jason Mewes, who plays Jay, has uh, uh, very famously had uh, pretty severe <laughs> substance abuse issues over the years, including mm-hmm. like heroin.
1: You can see it at how it's affected him, and the acting chops just aren't aren't there as much. But uh, most uh,
0: it's... most recently, Kevin Smith released uh, Clerks Three which how did i erase that from my memory came out last year i think in 2022 processing data clerks three is about uh randall has a heart attack and almost dies which uh for those unfamiliar kevin smith a few years ago uh famously like had a heart attack and almost died. And it actually like got him to turn his life around. Like he lost like a bunch of weight. Kevin Smith had always been a fairly large individual. Uh, he lost weight, like went vegan, um uh stopped drinking, like he uh, really turned things it, it it scared him into like turning things around. So he incorporated that into the plot of Clerks 3 and so in clerks three, Randall has a major, major heart attack, almost dies. And he starts to question like what his life has been all about and decides to shoot a movie about his life set in the quick stop. So it's kind of meta, which, uh, this it is anime, kind of meta. It is kind of meta. Uh, clerks three isn't great. It is not great It. It has its moments, but it's, um, Kevin, Kevin Smith just doesn't have the voice that he used to, in my opinion, like he just, he, he doesn't have it as a storyteller anymore, but, uh,
1: maybe plot, he made
0: it for himself. I, I think that's what he did. He made it for him and his friends. He He made it as like a semi autobiographical, like reflection on his own career which
1: you know all the power which is how it started yeah like it kind of started with him making a movie about himself and right yeah oh it was a big big oof in the box office huh yeah well it had a
0: weird release like it they tried doing this like um this almost like roadshow like tour like staggered release which is how movies used to be released like back like You know 50 60 70 years ago they would essentially much like uh plays they a movie would kind of just tour around and play at theaters in certain cities and then like move on to the next one uh they they tried doing that with clerks 3 for whatever reason um and it didn't really work out for them very well i the, the movie got released to video on demand quite quickly and at a very mm-hmm. discounted price, like I think I bought it on its VOD release date for like ten dollars. <laughs> uh, the the notion of or the the, the plot of uh, Dante and Randall making a to tie this back to Clerks, the animated series, uh, the the plot of them making a movie set in the Quick Stop was actually originally the plot of a. Uh, animated film that w- would have been a follow-up to this animated series called Clerks Sellout in which Dante and Randall decide to make a movie set in the Quick Stop.
1: okay okay
0: and uh, yeah so uh, so here we are Clerks the animated series uh, as I mentioned this is the fourth episode uh, this is my favorite episode of Clerks the animated series and It was the first episode to, the first of two episodes to actually air on TV. The rest of them would be released on uh, DVD several years later as one one box set. Oh, this was one of the two episodes that aired? Yeah, this was the first one that aired, even though it was the fourth one in production order. Which, this being my favorite episode, I can understand why the network chose to air this one first. Because it's, in my opinion, it's the, the best episode of the set.
1: Well, I'm glad we we landed on it because uh, you know what? Uh, I actually laughed, yeah, during this, like multiple times. And usually some a comedy cartoon gets me to go, huh, like one or two times, but like about a handful of times, I was actually laughing. Nice. yeah, out loud. And I was like, oh wow there there's that normal dated stuff. Like when they're like, oh man, that's, that's gay or like something. But it's like, yeah, I mean, it I wasn't like, greatly like offensive, but like, I, it is a thing of its time.
0: Yeah. I, 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 was 15 when this episode aired. So like a lot of the, the dated humor in it, like I'm kind of fine with just cause it's, that was that those were like the humor sensibilities of the day.
1: Mm-hmm. And it was like, it's barely noticeable. Like if you're not paying attention, you don't even like catch it. Right. Yeah. So as, as speaking on rolling episodes
0: uh, for the listeners, uh, because we actually didn't on the last episode of the laser Cone podcast, we didn't pick a show that we were going to talk about next and thus didn't put it through the old random number generator. Uh, off air, Cal actually for the rolled oh, a yeah. physical D6. Yeah, I,
1: physical. I just grabbed one of my D D dice sets. Yeah. And just phys- rolled a D6.
0: A physical six-sided die, and he landed on uh four, which I was stoked about because as I mentioned, <laughs> this is this is my favorite episode of Clerks. Uh so to get into uh, uh recapping the episode, um the episode opens with a uh, disagreement between Randall and Dante basically where uh and Randall and Dante being the titular clerks of the series uh a disagreement between them where uh Randall who works at the video store Dante who works at the convenience store uh Randall uh, Dante uh, says to Randall after Randall is like talking about how basically how easy he has it at the video store that uh it it comes down to, you could never uh, uh, handle working at the quick stop. You could never handle working at the video store. And uh, so they decide to switch shifts for the next day. And uh, immediately, like, uh, uh, just utter calamity happens. Like, Randall calls up Dante uh, one minute before opening and is like, uh, I, uh, you know, uh, Dante, I'm just calling to tell you that, uh, that uh like i i i have this completely covered but i need you to swear me in as lord and master of the quick stop and uh, Ran- uh dante who is in bed under a pile of clothing which is a recurring gag in this series like he always wakes up like underneath like a mound of clothing in his hand he just reaches his hand out and grabs the phone <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh it's a fun visual uh, according to the DVD, uh, uh, Kevin Smith on the DVD commentary, the uh, animation studio that was based out of Korea who animated this show, like the like animation supervisors, were completely mystified by this sight gag. They're like, "We'll do it, but like, we don't get it. Why is he sleeping under a pile of clothing?" <laughs>
1: uh, in this one, he was it, it zooms in on the pile of clothing he has. Yeah, but then the camera pans. And he's in a hammock above the pile of clothes. And as he reaches for right. the phone, he falls out of the hammock and onto the pile <laughs> of clothes, which I didn't realize that that was a gag. So when I saw him in the hammock and then he fell on the clothes, I was like, but there's a bed. And yeah. why was he in a hammock? But the, the joke is self-referential because you're expecting him to be in the clothes. Got it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, there's a lot of uh, self-referential humor in the show, and I think that's one of the most charming things about it is the show is self-referential from, like, the very first
1: episode. Yeah, I, I liked that. I also like, like there, how...
0: There's a recurring joke in the uh, first couple of episodes of this series where... And I think it goes all the way to the end of the show, too. Uh, there's a bit where uh, they're trying to break into the 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 arch enemy of this show a character voiced by alec baldwin who was known as leonardo leonardo (laughs) uh they're they're trying to break into his uh office building which is shaped like a giant l and so like randall like throws like shoots like a grappling hook up and they start like climbing up like as he does yeah yeah and uh you see it's like sideways, like the 60s Batman. they're like crawling up and they're they're scaling up the side of the wall and uh, Randall is like, we're almost there. And then you see it like a plant like smash like uh, horizontally. <laughs> and then the camera turns and they're actually just like doing the like 60s Batman thing where they're like scaling or they're just walking along, but like making it look like they're like yeah. pulling themselves up. And then uh, Dante just like, lets go of the rope. And he's like, why are we walking like this? <laughs> and that becomes like a bit like throughout the entire series, even that episode, but like throughout the entire series that they keep like frequently referencing.
1: Nice. Yeah. So what's the conflict of this? It looks like while they're goofing around and Dante is saving Randall.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, because think, uh, G- utter mayhem. Like oh, it, it's literally it looks, like the, the it's minute. an apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, literally like the minute that the store opens, uh, Randall well, he calls, calls him back right away. He calls like, him literally
1: back. right after he picks up the phone in the morning. Right,
0: <laughs> and you hear things like a chainsaw
1: going off and like. Bullets, <laughs> bullets bullet shots and gun- gunfire and uh i don't know like chimpanzees and stuff and yeah. what ends up happening is uh randall's like barricaded himself inside of the quick stop yeah. with like a shotgun and uh, eventually he's saved by dante uh yeah. they clean everything up yada yada and then he admits he's wrong but jay comes in and he slips on some soda Randall goes out of his way in this bit (laughs) that spans over several scenes yeah
0: it's a a series of shots yeah
1: he's trying to get
0: Jay to sue the quick stop for some and immediately Dante is like don't give him any ideas and Randall is like what are you going to do? you going to sue us? no you should sue us you should sue us for $10 million go ahead and then uh, a lawyer walks in a lawyer walks in (laughs) He's like, oh, what are you going to do? Get like a high-powered lawyer from New York uh, to represent you? And this like lawyer walks in. He's like, excuse me, gentlemen. I'm a high-powered attorney from New York. And I'm trying to get back to Manhattan. (laughs) And Randall is like, you should take this guy's case. And the lawyer is like, "Uh, I'm afraid I'm too busy to take this case. And then they end up like basically stalking him.
1: Which so while uh, they're on the road and he's driving back to New York, yeah. Randall with again, uh, Dante's with him, but in the passenger I, I was, seat.
0: I was gonna say, hilariously enough, like Dante is just like
1: going along with him, like letting him this. do this, yeah. almost helping him. And I'm like, why? Yeah, why? And he's like, I bet you're too afraid to take on the case. And then again, same thing, he goes to get his like morning paper in his, but they're in New York now. Of uh, their New York like condo yeah. or whatever, and they're waiting outside. Uh, you're too chicken to take on the case. You know you wouldn't win.
0: It, he goes to work and is like, uh, 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 "I'm sorry, I'm late. I I got lost in New Jersey." <laughs> Randall is like, "Of course you got lost. You always lose. That's oh, why you're afraid the, to take the case."
1: The <laughs> yeah, he's just in the office and he walks across this like board of CEOs and like pours himself a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> the sight gags in this. Um, if you like the like the kind of random scene gags in Family Guy, this is w- way better done. Like yeah. the, the random sight gags in this is so much better than other uh than other kind of uh like those standalone jokes that Family Guy made famous yeah. for also being bad. But this does it like really well. Like Randall just being in the office. Yeah. (laughs) For for some reason. The same thing with them outside and he's yelling, like, take the case, take the case. There's just a crowd of people outside who are like chanting with him. Yeah. For some reason. (laughs) I I laughed at that.
0: Uh, And then he's like,
1: fine, I'll take the case. Or he's like, fine, I've decided that. I will represent uh, Jay in suing the quick stop and Dante for $10 million. And And then uh, Dante's like, hey.
0: And then we cut to the the courtroom and we hear the people's court. It's
1: the people's court. Do, 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 do.
0: Yep. And we we get like a people's thing. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very much so. And we get like a people's court uh, style introduction where it's like, this is the plaintiff J also known as the letter J. Yeah. He is suing, uh, Dante Hicks and the quick, or he, it's like, he, uh, alleges that, uh, Dante Hicks poured like magical liquid on the floor that caused him to slip. I'm paraphrasing heavily. Also when Jay like slips and falls first, it, he lands on the ground and
1: his oh back first at the quick stop
0: back at the quick stop his first reaction is i think that stuff just kicked in Silent bob <laughs> Which...
1: no you just slipped on some soda
0: yeah <laughs> uh but yeah so the the people's court narrator is like uh he is suing uh, dante hicks and this also made me laugh quick stop enterprises <laughs> <laughs> <He> <laughs> for couldn't... 10 for 10 million dollars <laughs> Uh so uh so uh Dante and then is all
1: rise for so Dante all rise is, for the honored uh
0: judge. Dante is in court and uh they're like, oh well do you have a lawyer? And he's like, Oh, the boss said he would send one wo- one over right away. And then Randall is like, It's me. I'm your lawyer. He's like, but you're not a lawyer and randall says something to the effect of anyone who passes the bar in the state of virginia uh can represent uh can represent a client in court and i like this
1: recurring joke
0: And they're like well and the the uh, jay's lawyer is like uh sir uh we're pretty sure he's not a lawyer and we're reasonably sure that
1: this is not virginia we're reasonably sure that this is not Virginia. <laughs> and That's, that that joke is made um, yeah. later on that um, alludes to the actions or the course of events may or may not have been held in Virginia. And I don't know why that just, <laughs> the recurring jokes are just enough to to be funny for me. Like everything's balanced really well the com the, the writing for the dialogue yeah. in this.
0: And so the bailiff is like, I'll rise for the Honorable Judge Reinhold. And everyone starts laughing. And she's like, show some respect for Judge Reinhold. <laughs> which, um, Judge Reinhold, uh, character, veteran character actor. I love oh, yeah. Judge Reinhold.
1: Great. Like, oh, there's even like a reference to like Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, which
0: was one of in, his first roles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: He's like a, one of the main characters in, in Fast Times at Ridgemont High
0: yep uh he was also in uh, the beverly hills cop films which that will come up later
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy now, does that come up later
0: don't go <laughs> i had that dream again
1: <laughs>
0: but yeah so uh judge reinhold uh the character in this um uh, in this uh, episode is voiced by judge reinhold himself and yeah judge reinhold fast times at ridgemont high beverly hills cop Uh, He played uh, the uh, psychiatrist, like, second husband in The Santa Claus. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, great character. Absolutely great character actor. I fucking love Judge Reinhold. I always have. Which I looked him up uh, earlier. Uh, He's nowhere near as old as I thought he was. Like, he's only 66 now which means like he was pretty damn young when he played a police detective in Beverly Hills Cop. It's Beverly Hills Cop. That movie is older than I am.
1: Yeah, what like when a, is that? Like 82? 84. 84. Yeah. So yeah. it's like
0: yeah, yeah, so it's like a 40-year-old film at this point. So he was like in his early oh, yeah. 20s. Damn.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh anyway, And, uh, so we get introduced to the jury, which is for whatever fucking reason is like the NBA all-star team.
1: Yeah. Uh, It's, um, it's
0: like Charles Barkley and like Patrick Ewing and uh, a bunch of other people. Alan Iverson. Yeah. Very big, big basketball
1: stars in the, they even uh, make a reference. They're like, oh, where's the, the white guy on the team? I can't remember. Yeah. I don't know anything about sports people, except for like the big names. I right, just like remember, Charles Barkley. And yeah.
0: I, yeah, I just remember all of these names from the time, like here. Exactly. They, 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 they were like superstar NBA players at the time. So even though I wasn't super into basketball, like we all watched
1: space jam,
0: we all watched space jam yeah, and they were like on commercials all the time and whatnot. Oh, yeah. and they voiced themselves in this show.
1: And they did? Yeah. Weird, but...
0: There, there's also a recurring gag throughout the series of Charles Barkley uh, trying to do PSAs at the end of certain <laughs> episodes and Jay and Silent Bob, like, beating him up for it. <laughs> I don't know why, but... uh uh yeah, so uh, uh Dante's like takeaway immediately not not being bewildered by the fact that the jury is like the NBA 1999 NBA All Star team basically his big takeaway is that the entire jury is black.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then at some point while they're like meeting him and Randall, uh, who do they go to for advice? Oh, they have a friend who like works in a junkyard.
0: The, it's their friend uh, Lando, so, Lando, who's, fight, I,
1: who's wearing a police like dog training outfit. Yep. Yeah. So I, I'm like, is he a police officer? Why is he? Maybe he's training his junkyard dogs. But
0: he's being attacked by all these dogs, and he says, he just yells out,
1: "Woman, what's with the dogs, woman?" <laughs> I. <laughs> Even with no context, I was I was laughing at that. And then he waddles because he's wearing all this huge padded stuff. He waddles over to the chain link fence while he's still being attacked by the, yeah. the bugs to give so, them advice. And I get the the impression that this is the uh side character, like the the wizened, like old, like uh um mentor or something like character. I'm not sure what they're the relationship is with them. Cause they go to him for advice. Maybe they just go to him for advice. Cause he's their their only black friend.
0: So in the episode prior to this in production order, the third episode, uh, they, it, it opens with a fake like letters segment, which was big on like TV in like the eighties. Yeah. People doing letters segments. Uh, so it, uh, the episode before this opens with this fake letter segment and, uh, the first letter that they get is someone being like, Hey, why, why aren't there any women on the show? Like, are you afraid of women? And they're like, well, great letter. Toss it away. (laughs) And then the next letter is like, where are all the women? And he's like, uh, well, uh, where are all the women? Are are you afraid of women? Yes. Tosses it away. Randall's like, you read one. So Dante reads a letter and is like, hey, why are there no black characters on the show? And they're like, wow, this is a problem. We got to do something about this.
1: So. Okay. Okay. And that's why. So
0: uh, let uh, to solve this like glaring issue. Let us uh, introduce you to our new black character, Lando. (laughs)
1: And coincidentally in the following episode, the entire
0: black jury. And Randall is like, uh, uh, Hey Lando say, what up yo. And Lando responds with hello.
1: Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And so, okay. So that makes sense. And that was episode three in production.
0: That was episode three. There's also a bit later in that episode too, where they're like, uh, Oh, we need to fly a helicopter. Oh, we know just the, uh, we know just the person to do it, Lando, and then Lando is like ready when you are and salutes, and they're like, Not you, the other Lando, and it pans over, and it's this like jock, like white, like blonde-haired jock meathead guy, and he's just like, Yo. <laughs> uh the show is really fucking funny
1: to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I have the episodes, so I should I should check them out. You should. From the beginning, yeah. Um so it, also, that the flow of it is written very self-aware, like the fact that it's like, where are the the black characters? And it's like, well, we have one right here. And then in this episode, the entire jury is the all all the the black all-star team. Yeah, because, <laughs> because I guess they were available to do the voices. <laughs> It's probably Um,
0: like half the budget for this entire series was getting them for this one episode.
1: Maybe they're uh, Kevin Smith fans. They just
0: wanted to do it. Could be, yeah, yeah. Kevin Smith's move, yeah. We're like, he's all about like getting his friends to,
1: yeah, getting his friends to uh, to act in them, right? And um, what do they ask Lando again? Oh, right, they're at the junkyard and they're like, "Hey, Lando, how do I get the jury?" to sympathize with me and like win them over for this. And then Randall's like, they're all black by the way.
0: Yeah. And Lando is like all black jury, a jury that's all black, 12 men, one jury, all black, all black. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, hurry it up Lando. And he's like, well, fellas, you just need to uh, show the jury that you're just like them, that you're one of them. You know, I, I, (laughs) I, This is terrible. Like what ensues is, uh, Randall like attempting it's
1: to is attempting it's so painful.
0: It's Randall attempting. It's funny, but
1: it's okay. I'm gonna okay. Li- I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go into this a little bit. Okay, so listeners, Randall is supposed to be fucking stupid, right? That, so that's that's where jokes, I was gonna go. It that's what I was gonna he mention. Makes and the, what he represents on the show is supposed to be stupid yeah, and or even detestable as anybody that's seen Clerks 2 can attest yeah. when he tries to take back a certain phrase because he grew up thinking it meant something different, which right. I won't talk about. <laughs> it's, it's okay. I'm taking it back. It's okay. I'm taking it back. He, he's supposed to not. He's supposed to be. Not. He's supposed to be a complete idiot and astoundingly insensitive. Which he's ignorant and insensitive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Means well, but Uh, needs to do better. Does he even mean well? Does he doesn't a lot of the time. (laughs)
0: No. When when I I mentioned earlier, like I revisited clerks too a few years ago. Um,
1: No, he sticks to his guns. He.
0: And like the way he treats Elias in that movie, too, it's like, dude, you're like in your mid 30s and you're picking on a 19 year old. Like when come I was on. young,
1: yeah, when I was, it was young, funny. I watched this. It, was, it funny was funny when I was young, but but I, but thinking back to it now, it was like, do you think you're cool?
0: Yeah, you're just picking on a socially awkward teenager, like, and you're in your fucking 30s, man. Like,
1: grow up, yeah. And uh, well, he's uh. Let's just say he makes things bad for the jury <laughs> <laughs>
0: so he goes on a spiel um uh trying to relate Dante to the jury, and what's even funnier about this too is like he's basically <laughs> trying to relate Dante to like stereotypical like uh low income. African-American culture. But he's doing it to, like, literal millionaires. Millionaire sports players.
1: Oh, you know, I didn't even think about that because I was (laughs) cringing so hard.
0: (laughs) Now, I'm not going to, like, recite the things that he says because they are uh, unhealthy stereotypes,
1: but... It's unhealthy, like, stereotypes. There's... It's crime (sighs) jokes and, like, food stamps he he he's the same as you he, he he steals food stamps from his neighbors one leg at a time and other like stupid shit like that the I, one
0: thing that is funny is like he ends his spiel with going hey oh hey, hey oh, oh from that i can't don't even know what song that's from but yeah. apparently uh jeff anderson who plays uh randall improved that <laughs> and they they thought How it was much? so
1: all the jokes are just him going
0: hey A- ending off his spiel with hey oh. <laughs> but they thought that that was so funny that they actually like, left it in and animated it him like just swaying his arms around. <laughs> it's it's good,
1: and oh. then because again he's he's an idiot he sits yeah. down and Dante's like I'm I'm doomed you've. You completely screwed me over, yeah. And he's like, "What are you talking about? We got this in the bag." And a basketball flies across the courtroom and like <laughs> hits Dante. <in> the head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so that so it, it it's bad. He, yeah, he's it's, done for. <laughs> uh,
0: they decide to uh the uh, uh Jay's lawyer like is like, "Oh, let's play the nine one one call from that fateful night." And, uh, Jay, it's like a recording of Jay phoning nine one one to report the incident. And he's like kind of whispering to Silent Bob, like, oh, sh- 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 shut up, shut up, shut up. Uh, I, I would like to report a crime at like 69 Uranus Avenue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sir, what's the, uh, what's the nature of the incident? Uranus. <laughs> Just dumb. <laughs> um, and then uh, the Jay goes on like a uh, series of like calling uh, first. He, the first witness he calls is like some chick who works at the mall and is like, is like, yeah, uh, uh, what is your phone number? And she reads it out and he writes it down. He's like, no further questions. No further questions. <laughs> Which Again, like, like just showing that like Randall is an idiot and is like
1: skeezy. What? So, okay. Everybody there's an ongoing trope that you need to understand about randall and dante is that dante will dante sticks with and supports randall even when he's completely screwed over by him time and time and time and time and time and time time again and that's their relationship dynamic like he's like what you can't represent me but then he does anyway And he he never fires his lawyer and represents himself. And that is a good synergy. Sorry. That's a good representation of their relationship in. Right. Presumably all the clerks movies. I haven't seen the third one,
0: but the thing with Randall though, too, is Randall, uh, weirdly enough can also kind of be the voice of reason. Like he's not afraid when he's finally like fed up with like Dante's shit. He's not afraid to put him in his play. That's the thing. It's like they both like kind of fuck each other over in ways. No, that's
1: right. Cause Randall will actually just call out when Dante's being like dumb or, or um, cowardly or noncommittal or yeah. Very, because the uh, the stand-in for the audience is Dante. Yeah, totally. Um, but Randall, being that childish part of him, is also the part that like doesn't let Dante settle. That is encouraging him to do the projects and to get out of his comfort zone.
0: One of my uh, favorite lines from uh, Clerks, to is late in the film where they end up in jail because plot reasons uh they they end up in uh in, in jail and uh dante is talking about like how he doesn't know where his life is going and randall basically says that like they've done like a ran- bunch of random it was bullshit. after the
1: donkey show
0: it was after the donkey yes. <laughs> that uh that they've done like a bunch of random shit just because like Dante feels like he should do like a certain, like he should achieve like a certain level of success. And Randall says, he's like one time we one semester at college, we took criminology for fuck's sake. Like what the fuck were we even studying to be anyway? Batman. (laughs) Yeah. It especially made me laugh because at the time when that movie came out, I knew so many fucking people who were studying criminology.
1: All of them are definitely crime scene investigators. Oh yes. Federal crime scene investigators. Every single one. Yeah, every single one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Not a single one ever regretted uh taking criminology. Yeah, yeah, I'll meet people and they'll mention their criminology like studies and, and stuff like that. And I was like, cool. So you must really like uh, real crime podcasts now, huh? <laughs> yeah. I actually, and they did, do <laughs>
0: admittedly. I did consider taking criminology, but that's because I wanted to be a cop so for, did I. for the longest time. That's in my reason. life. Yeah. Cause I wanted to be a cop and I'm like, Oh, this will, it like at the RCMP recruitment seminars that I went to, they're like, they specifically said that like studying criminology would be a good thing to do before becoming uh, a police officer and I'm like oh so I thought about it I didn't end up doing it but
1: instead we became vengeance
0: vengeance (laughs) funny enough most of the people that I knew who were studying who actually did study criminology were uh, all chicks who all had a tendency to date guys who were criminals
1: you don't say (laughs) <laughs> it's so that they can change them. Yeah, they, they, uh, most of
0: them had kids with multiple baby daddies who were in and out of prison. As one but, does. But they were, they, they, they were getting their life together by studying criminology and then dropping out after two years. Big gulps, huh? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. Uh, what happens in the, the show here? Uh, I, sw- yeah. I thought it was like I was distracted or something like that. I can't remember what I was doing, maybe eating or something. But I look up and I'm like, is George Lucas? Yeah. So one of Rand- the- Randall decides to call
0: George Lucas. And uh, it, it, listeners, this was uh, May of 2000 that this came out. This was a year at actually it, pretty much exactly a year after Star Wars Episode I, The Phantom Menace came out and disappointed audiences around the world. Uh, so Randall calls George Lucas to the stand to basically be like, uh, "That w- that movie was a big waste of my time." You said that uh, that the you had written the script like decades earlier, but like you uh, just admit it, you wrote it over a weekend. <laughs>
1: like, and one thing Randall does is he rakes certain movies over the. I guess both Dante and Randall are supposed to be. Two separate coins of audience insert characters because he's incredibly pedantic. Uh again, in clerks too, when he's complaining about Lord of the Rings. Great bet, by the way. Um, he's going over how yeah. some minuscule <laughs> details. Yeah. <laughs> it's just three movies about walking. Uh <laughs> But uh, with George even Lucas, the fucking trees walk in those movies. <laughs> even the fucking trees walk in those damn movies. <laughs> oh. uh, we should probably do a uh, Clerks Two uh, commentary. Yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> um, uh. <clears throat> so what happens? He rakes him over the coals, and ultimately, he kind of ends up suggesting that he should get his money back.
0: Yeah. So uh, the thing about Clerks is Clerks was actually what, uh, and this became kind of common in movies and TV, but Clerks was probably the first example in a film of basically movie nerds like talking about pop culture yeah so yeah no totally uh i i've actually i've, li- I've listened to podcasts myself where they they're talking about like uh, film history and pop culture and whatnot and clerks is what is the thing that's attributed to like creating that trend that we see in media now about characters talking about media
1: I believe it. Yeah, um, he ends up calling a bunch of different, like, directors or producers to...
0: Joel Schumacher, who is is wearing a bad suit with nipples on it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and um, there's a montage of him demanding his eight bucks back, and them handing eight bucks to him, like, in cash from their pockets. And I'm like, that's not what... Okay, sure.
0: Yeah. Steven Spielberg for Schindler's List. Who are some of the others? Uh Woody Allen, I think is the last one.
1: That's it. He's like, Batman and Robin was so gay. And um, he just like covers his face and like cries after giving Randall money. Which, to be fair, fair, del- Which del- to be fair and Which to be fair.
0: Delightfully so, but that movie is kind of gay. It
1: you know what? I <laughs> think back what I said earlier about them throwing out the the gay word. Batman and Robin is pretty gay. <laughs> it is. And we're not <laughs> in the best we're not. Way-
0: yeah, we're not saying this as a pejorative at all. That, that is a very homoerotic film. <laughs> uh, so, yeah,
1: it's, he, he's bring, he's brought it back, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The tw- 20, in the 2000s and 90s, saying everything was gay was okay as a slur. In the 2010s, uh, it wasn't okay. And now in the 2020s, when we're taking it back and we're being self-aware... No, it's it's fine again, and you know what? I there is not a gayer Batman movie. No, I easily
0: there, there never will be, <laughs>
1: and there never will be. <laughs> and oh. uh, if you're like listening to this, um, yeah, I challenge you—you you, you won't find it, right? Yeah. In, in fact, it's almost like a pride like symbol. I'd say, yeah. Like, I, if it didn't cost like three thousand dollars, man, Batman's latex suit. With the nipples just uh, saying <laughs> I I read an
0: article recently on slash film actually written by Whitney Seibold which uh listeners I've mentioned uh my favorite podcasters Bibbs and Whitney f- professional film critics Bibbs and Whitney Whitney Seibold writes for uh slash film and he wrote an article recently uh that uh Robert Pattinson when he was auditioning for the batman the batman uh, the batman, the batman he actually wore Val Kilmer's Batman and Rob or Batman Forever suit with the cowl and cape that George Clooney wore in Batman and Robin.
1: With the just the cowl and cape from Batman and Robin. Yeah, but the suit that he wore
0: was from uh, Batman Forever, and the suit was so old; it was made of like like latex and like foam rubber. Wait, wait, whatnot. wait! Like the suit? The suit,
1: yeah. They, I guess when you're they rich just, and famous, you can just fucking get no, no. the OG suits.
0: No, no. Uh, uh, Warner Brothers just had uh, had all the bat suits on hand. And the one that fit Robert Pattinson oh. the best was Val Kilmer's suit from Batman Forever. Okay, see,
1: why didn't you lead with that? Because I just assumed he had this.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like a collector.
1: <laughs> he, he owned this.
0: But he was talking about how uh, how gross <laughs> the suit was because the suit is like you know like twenty five years old at this point. And, Who knows how
1: many people had and, it on too? Y-
0: yeah, it's like got like decades old, like caked in like sweat, <laughs> and like the suit was falling apart because like because like rubber and latex after like decades like actually starts to disintegrate. So it was like while he was wearing it, it was like breaking apart.
1: Yeah, all the oils and
0: yeah. Not good. <laughs> uh, Interesting so, that he had to wear it at all. I mean, I, in the audition process, I guess they wanted to see him in a bat suit. Huh.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now I'm just disappointed that he just didn't have this. <laughs> I'm just disappointed in Warner for making him do this. I, I'm just disappointed
0: that he he wasn't wearing Val Kilmer's Batman Forever suit on screen in the Batman.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's got to be footage footage of this somewhere. I I
0: hope th- there's got to be. I hope it comes out someday, much like uh, a Nicolas Nicholas Cage's Superman lives. Yes,
1: footage, which with, actually looks badass
0: with, with, with him in like the blue like suit with like the neon like Christmas lights running through it and whatnot.
1: Looks sick. in a In a different universe, we have is uh, instead of many Batman movies. In that other alternate universe, the the Superman movies are just as prevalent as Batman movies, but they don't have Batman movies as prevalent in that universe. Yeah, and DC is the one that kicks off the the superhero comic like movie revolution.
0: Well, I mean they were the first ones to be successful at it prior to there before the MCU and even before like the Spider Man and X Men movies. There are several. Marvel Comics movies that are (laughs) not good. (laughs) There was, you know, there was a Doctor Strange movie from the 70s. It's fucking terrible. There was a Captain America movie from like 1991. Also fucking terrible.
1: And Wonder Woman movie.
0: And there was a, uh, I think from 1989, there was a direct-to-video Punisher film starring Dolph Lundgren. That's actually not bad. Although he doesn't wear the skull on his t-shirt. Yeah. So it's just Dolph Lundgren with like dyed black hair wearing like military, <laughs> black military garb.
1: Classic Punisher.
0: Classic Punisher. Yeah.
1: I love how um, to get back into the the, the episode, the all stars are going back to, to uh, in between the days of the trial. Yeah. Right. And they're all like, oh, right. We get our daily allowance. Five dollars. Man, I never want to stop being on a jury.
0: Yeah, Charles Barkley is like, man, they gave us $5 for lunch today. I hope this trial never
1: ends. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, one cup of free coffee? Well, we get to stay at a hotel? Score! Or like a a motel or something like that. Today's Um,
0: lunch is, uh, I'm pretty excited. Today's lunch is Franks and Beans.
1: And the idea of these, like you said, (laughs) millionaire. Yeah. Being excited for a $5 uh, lunch allowance is... Uh, oh, and not being allowed to leave because they're not supposed to be influenced by... Yeah, because uh, the, the, the Honorable
0: Judge Reinhold was like, the the jury will be sequestered throughout the duration of the trial.
1: And they're like, wow, we get to stay at a hotel? Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, and for anybody wondering, um, I have been um, called to... Uh, jury duty never been selected but just the calling process is terrible um while i was bored and waiting hours and hours and hours to be called i read all about the allowances how long it goes on for how much money you're given and stuff like that it is it's basically the equivalent of like five dollars a day and like shitty free coffee in the lounge and like five dollars a day doesn't even cover parking downtown in the city i live in right and then it's like oh if a trial goes on for longer than two weeks your allotment could be 10 to 12 dollars a day oh wow two weeks without work but you get 10 or 12 dollars a day yeah so you're not, that's what this is referencing you, here folks it's you get nothing yeah yeah and you're not
0: even given like any kind of like wage substitute subsidy or anything like that you just have to
1: miss work yeah and not get paid and um it. and they have to let you go your workplace like they they can't punish you, like for yeah. it. But like they don't also don't have to pay you, right? So if you don't right. have saved up like sick days and like, uh, vacation or like whatever, um, you're effed. But yeah. but during the withdrawal withdrawal process, you're allowed to um say, hey, straight up can't afford to do this. And that almost 100% of the time makes him go, oh, okay. There's a bias in there where you wouldn't want to be here, so that we can't continue with that. Um, Yeah, or you could just go up and be like, hey, man, like, chronic depression and anxiety. Um, If you can't afford to quit, you must acquit. If you you can't, yeah, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so when you're wondering who this is for, it's for bored people that aren't in university that are staying with their rich parents rent free over the summer. Right. Like I, I don't or, or um retired people. Like I I don't know who can <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who can actually get well apparently uh the all stars. <laughs> the 1998 <laughs> All Stars roster can uh can do it, but uh, I forgot yeah, to mention
0: ju- earlier when they uh, uh when they when they show when the jury shows up, they actually they enter like
1: they enter like basketball
0: All Stars,
1: and like there's even there's strobe lights going around.
0: Yeah, there's a uh, and there's even a a mascot that follows them, which oh, is right. literally a dude in a judge's gavel costume
1: i forgot about that
0: yeah i I forgot about that until just now too and it's playing the like typical like 90s like nba on fox music they like that sounds like it could be like the mortal Kombat theme
1: or something (laughs) um and i think it's hilarious they're talking about the the trial and they're like man that dante guy he's guilty as hell yeah super guilty 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 and they're in an elevator right yeah and um then one of them holds up right before um, this piece of paper right before the
0: scene uh judge reinhold reminds he's like i would like to remind the jury that you're not allowed to discuss the 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 case with one another outside of the courtroom oh and then so they go to the elevator and they're like man that dante guy is guilty
1: (laughs) yeah immediately yeah immediately and they (laughs) chant guilty guilty um, and then and they then, leave. Uh, one of them, one of them picks up a piece of paper, and they're like, "Oh right, tonight's Franks and Beans." Yeah. And then their theme song, duh, 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 plays <laughs> and they're briefly.
0: like, they're like dribbling, like a couple of them are like dribbling basketballs as they exit the
1: elevator They did have before. I, <laughs> yeah. I love that humor. <laughs> and as they leave, the visual gag, besides the basketballs and the Franks and Beans, again, this is the dialogue is so well written on this show. Probably one of the best. Ba- probably the best we've ever covered on this podcast
0: it's up there yeah
1: yeah it's up there um it just shows Dante and Randall standing in the elevator <laughs> and Dante's like and Randall's goes huh you think they were talking about us <laughs> oh hilarious
0: yeah this um the show is really, really, really funny, and so we from there we cut to a mysterious letter. Oh yeah, yeah. There's right.
1: A, what? How does that work?
0: The, there, there's a bit uh, parodying the movie JFK, which is such a weird reference, right?
1: Which is come alone, and he's like garbage, and he tosses it over his shoulder. Yeah, but he ends up going. Right. He me meets me. up with this mysterious person who's like, "You can call me X." Yeah, you're
0: you're asking. He references donkey shows, by the way. Yeah, you're asking the wrong questions. It's not the it's not the who, but the why. Those are the questions you should be asking. Like I said, it's this this scene is like parodying the movie JFK.
1: Yeah. Um, why do they want this man tried? And it even shows like Jay in a car getting shot from like a grassy knoll in some weird grainy like footage. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Right. And um Randall's like, okay, yeah, but why? What is what does anyone have even to gain from all of this? And yep. Mr. X is like, Exactly, and then just fucking sprints away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like actually so just like they're, like they're sitting on a park
0: bench. And, <laughs> he gets up and just runs like exit stage
1: right. And Ran- <laughs> there's just this just lingering long enough to be funny shot of Randall standing next to the Washington Monument by himself in the park, on the bench, just <laughs> alone watch, after watching this dude just run away just book it. <laughs> and, and then the next scene immediately cuts into them go walking back into court and Dante is like, so what information did you get? And he's like, none, but I got a sweet Lincoln Memorial souvenir. And Dante is like, that's, that's a Washington Monument. <laughs> Lincoln is a person or something like that. Yeah. Lincoln is a president. That's the Washington monument. And then yada, yada, yada. And like they, court is adjourned, leave the jury to go and discuss whatever. And I like that there's a towel boy. Like they're all, like the all-stars are sweating and there's a towel boy there and they all grab like a towel. And I'm like, they weren't doing anything. (laughs) That's why it's funny. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Uh, So we we cut back to the the courtroom, and it's like, we, the jury, find uh, the defendant, Dante Hicks, guilty. And Judge Reinhold is like... He's like, uh, bummer. (laughs) uh, Mr. Hicks, uh, uh, you're going to have to pay the uh, the defendant uh, $10 million, which you can pay off in installments installments. by, by working at the quick stop for the rest of your life. And Dante's like, no! But then we—he wakes up, and we find out that it's just a dream. I love that. Uh, it was just then, a nightmare.
1: I have to get to the courthouse.
0: And then we we go back to the courthouse, and it's like uh, uh, Dante he hits, finds
1: the defendant.
0: <laughs> we find the defendant, and then you hear like the uh, Beverly Hills Cop theme. They like dude do, do 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 do. Well, first do, do. there's a
1: Randall dream. Because oh, okay. we cut to Randall's dream, and it's like, we've defined the defendant um, not guilty and award Randall Graves $10 million. Right. Yeah, I forgot the, the order of the, Rand- of the Randall dream. dream. And Dante yep. rolls up wearing a diaper, uh, like a red, white, and blue, like Star Spangled Banner diaper, um, with a dunce cap in a wheelchair. Saying,
0: "I'm Dante, and I'm the biggest idiot ever." This is a callback to a joke from a previous episode. Okay. <laughs> uh And then, and we, then we, we go back to, uh... and, and then we go back, and uh, Judge Reinhold is like, "I love uh, this." Uh, uh, mis- like, uh, we we define the defendant, and then we hear the uh, he's interrupted by the uh, boop Beverly Hills Cop.
1: Boop co- boop Beep
0: beep 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 beep. And Axel Foley, uh, show the Eddie Murphy's character from Beverly Hills Cop shows up, and he's like, "Billy, I need your help." And so, Judge Judge Reinhold like leaps up, and he's like, "All right, Axel!"
1: Like he's been waiting for this moment his whole life, leaps off of the judge's like stand. And just runs a- abandons everything and just runs out and follows him
0: <laughs> and what we get is like a bunch of shenanigans uh, of them like stuffing bananas into things which is a into the
1: uh exhaust pipes of cars and
0: w- which is a thing that they did in beverly hills cop so that's the joke there you've seen beverly hills cop right yeah <laughs> yeah it's that movie holds up i go back there's to a fruit stand owner
1: that runs out of bananas
0: <laughs> no that that I, I go back to Beverly Hills Cop every few years or so. That movie holds up. Like it it
1: still plays quite well. And and um he wakes up. Uh Judge wakes up and he's like, "Huh? Oh, no, no, Axel, wait, wait for me. Don't and, go. <laughs> Don't go. His wife wakes up and and he's like,
0: Oh honey, I had that dream again. <laughs>
1: oh. Oh. And that's that's funny, but like that's also kind of like sad because like that's the biggest stardom that Jack that Dremel. actor has.
0: Yeah, I would say it's probably a toss up between that and um, his role in the Santa Claus movies.
1: I oh, wasn't. Prob- I couldn't remember how big his role were in in that, but yeah. Oh, and he was it in is- Gremlins as well, oh, yeah, we which is a joke Gremlins. in the movie.
0: Randall is like, uh, I would like to remind you that you've never been in a Steven Spielberg film. And he's like, I was in Gremlins. Not Gremlins 2. Not
1: Gremlins 2.
0: Which actually isn't <laughs> a, isn't a Steven Spielberg film anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Joe Dante who directed Gremlins 2.
1: Huh. Weird yeah. tie, name tie-in. Yeah. And uh, for some reason we're watching oh no there's a there's
0: a joe dante i think think was the one
1: more dream
0: director patrick
1: of ewing okay so die we, hard. we 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 cut to an nba court and it's like patrick ewing actually makes the jump shot and the audience goes like wild right and he wakes up and they're like oh and yeah, it's yeah charles barkley and he's like patrick you gotta wake up are you having another dream about making that jump shot and winning the game?
0: (laughs) Are you you having another dream about your crappy jump shot? I I like the commentary during that dream too. It's like uh, uh, Patrick Ewing finally makes his jump shot and the Knicks win an important game.
1: Yeah. It's so (laughs) so unenthusiastic. (laughs) And he's just standing there in the court, like by himself, (laughs) Like he's not even celebrating. He just makes the jump shot and he's just standing there. And I'm like, and it's it's Charles Barkley that wakes him up, yeah. And then he's suddenly reminded he's um, back in the uh, in the hotel, and the door slams open and says, like, "Wow, we get five dollars allowance for breakfast, guys." I wish this trial would never end. <laughs> I wish this trial would never end.
0: <laughs> uh, so they uh, we we go back to the court for the final time, and Randall is like, "Hey Dante, are you the biggest idiot ever?" And he's like. No, no, you are. You are okay. Oh, not a dream. Not a dream. <laughs> <laughs> and so, as they're about to read the uh, uh, the verdict, uh, we we get cut off just as they're about to say what the verdict is oh. to a blank screen with text, like at
1: the beginning of the the episode. Yeah, because at the beginning, it's like uh, what, for legal turn or for legal reasons, none of the. Blah blah blah. It's kind of like a dry reading of um, none of the uh, celebrities or actors depicted in this are meant to be anything. Blah, blah 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 satire.
0: Oh yeah, and when the when the episode opens, and this is a recurring gag throughout the series too that I forgot to mention, Randall is like Clerks is drawn by a live studio audience.
1: <laughs> Clerks is drawn by a live studio audience. Yeah, uh... I caught that, and I'm like, wait. <laughs>
0: So uh old sitcoms would usually that were taped in front of a live studio audience. It would be like married with children is taped before a live studio audience. Yeah. And so the joke in clerks is, and Randall says something different in every episode too. He's like, Oh, clerks is drawn before a live studio audience. Clerks is drawn by a live studio audience.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. That's the joke there. Yeah. And yeah, what does this one say? It says we're, we're sorry. Due to circumstances beyond our control, the script to the rest of the episode was lost on its way overseas. Luckily, the episode was finished by the Korean animators. We hope you enjoy the new ending. Now, you said, who who animated this show?
0: Uh, I I don't know. Some Korean animation studio. But it was
1: actually a Korean animation studio? It was, yeah. So it's funny that it's like, luckily, the episode was finished by the Korean... Uh, animators as if like the the animators lost the script and were allowed to do whatever they wanted <laughs> to, to
0: do whatever they wanted yeah
1: yeah and what follows is two minutes of probably well let's let's just cover what happens
0: we we find in favor of and the animation style immediately changes to like a Southeast Asian like anime
1: but like 90s.
0: 90 low budget, like low budget, like Pokemon ripoff, like style, like anime, and Big uh, American Party, big, big American Party.
1: Low budget and, animation where there's just movement is just two, two frames. Yeah,
0: and uh what follows is like a whole bunch of just
1: utter nonsense. If you're photosensitive, you're gonna get um, a seizure. Uh, so well, the riot police well, come in?
0: And what's interesting about that too it's is parents... Well, um, you mentioned seizures. Uh, Pokemon, the yeah. first episode that aired in Japan originally in the like mid to late 90s, uh, actually caused a bunch of uh, Japanese kids to have seizures.
1: Uh, it was the Porygon episode because when they were in the virtual world <laughs> um, there were flashes of like red and blue. Going right. on, and that episode in particular really effed up a, a lot of people. Yeah. A, people like headaches or actually yeah, yeah, cause seizures. Yeah. Um yeah, headaches or like yeah, the, mild to severe. It was it was a big, it was a big problem. And um, I'm thinking this because watching this now, I'm like, oh my god, I'm thinking this is acknowledging that. I, is there probably. some seizure moments in this <laughs> big American party? the red and blue is like flashing Axel Foley judge Reinhold.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, there, there's, um, there's a run. robot that turns into a
1: car. There's a robot that turns into a car. A blonde lady gets inside with like a bear or some. No, no, the sorry, They get into a taxi to escape the police. Yeah. And then your favorite line pops up. Who is driving? oh my god, bear is driving, how can that be?
0: Because there's literally a fucking bear driving this taxi. <laughs>
1: yeah, and it's like, um, what does it say? And then it's just like, oh, uh, Silent Bob? It's like, it, and again, I'm just quoting the, the show, I don't think it's a term that should be like used, it's it's offensive, but it's like, oh my god, car full of midgets, how? Yeah, car oh full my, of what? midgets. <laughs> And then they go, oh no, oh, everyone find themselves at Korean Animation Studio. And this is when it got like weird and meta (laughs) because, oh boy. Okay, so this big soulless concrete prison-like area with a whole bunch of desks facing one way and a walkway through the middle has a giant rat carrying a whip, whipping just an ocean of K- Korean animators, I
0: guess. Korean animation studio. We work. We are slaves. <laughs> oh. Yeah, And
1: it's like um, the rat holds up um, a megaphone and it says something in Korean. I don't know if it's different than what is actually said, but it's like me, mean animator boss. Everybody work
0: everybody works.
1: and yeah and they go we are slaves and they actually have fuck they're all chained to the wall <laughs> like it's a chain gang yeah i'm like <laughs> and then it switches back to the transformer the the robot car and as it transforms back into a robot you yeah. hear a bunch of people scream and blood squirts out.
0: out of the robot's <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it punches the there's a lot to unpack here it punches the wall to the korean animation sweat shop yeah slave house right? and dante and randall go we will stop the evil boss no and, it is you who will be the ones
0: that will lose and uh yeah they 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 end up fighting him and then Axel, Axel Foley, Judge Reinhold right. show up, and they both
1: in like, their outfits, yeah, from Beverly Hills Cop, yeah, they, and they, they they shove bananas <laughs> up <the laughs> Boss Rat's ass, yeah, and each of them of, shoves. They a banana all lose. Up. By the way, the the boss like punches them or fires them away. Randall and Dante shoot energy blasts that don't work. And then one of the animators points up at the sky, the ceiling of the sweatshop and goes, it's Tom Cruise, but not for mission impossible. Oh yeah. So Tom Cruise, it's like, it's like Tom
0: Cruise. And he has the like, um, wires, the wires from his, fr- from um, mission impossible. You can't handle the truth.
1: Right. You can't handle the truth. And he like slow motion, bad animated crunches in the, the face. And it says, we did it. Freedom was achieved oh, also, uh, like that. Show me the money. You can't handle the truth. You can't handle the truth. And then it shows um, Judge, Randall, Dante, and the bear all with colored silhouettes standing in front of an animated American flag silhouetting yeah. as fireworks go off. <laughs> and that's and the then episode. There's, but there's like a, a fake next time on Clerks where a Guy, it's the ending of um Fast Times at Ridgemont High, where a guy runs into the quick stop, but Judge is there, like playing a clerk, and the guy's like, Give me all your money. And just like in Fast Times at Richmond High, Jay comes out of the bathroom and he's like, Hey, the shutters fall. <laughs> uh, you're all out of paper towel. And uh Judge throws like like coffee from a coffee machine on his face, the, the robber's face. And he goes to um high five, Jay goes to high five judge, and he slips on the coffee and goes, That's it. I'm gonna sell you, I'm gonna sue you for 10 million dollars. And then it goes, like 80s movies did. And it's like Judge Reinhold, made manager of Quick Stop June 12th.
0: Well, here's the thing about that ending too is the original ending for Clerks because the version that ended up getting released by Miramax is about, I think, 20 minutes shorter than the version that uh, Kevin Smith shot and released at Cannes. That movie ends with a robbery at the quick stop and Dante being shot. Interesting. So they
1: kind of...
0: So I feel like th- this was kind of in reference to that as well,
1: right? It, it, it's it's in direct reference of Fast Times at Ridgemont High. What what happens to Judge Reinhold's character? But yeah, yeah I didn't know that about the first Clerks. Yeah, yeah. Oh. The original
0: cut of Clerks ends with a uh, yeah uh, a robbery at the Quick Stop. Dante gets shot, and I think Randall like stops the guy on his way out trying to escape. yeah well
1: there you have it folks <laughs>
0: <laughs> well that was uh episode four of the of clerks the animated series Man. cal you just caught a random episode i did uh, I did would, indeed. Would, would you tune in next time
1: uh i would definitely tune in next time and and in fact i have the episodes here so i'm gonna watch them um like i said the the dated jokes or whatever are so like w- one of them wasn't even actually like that bad because <laughs> like like we had already said like uh, batman and robin was probably the gayest uh gayest batman movie i yeah. i feel like we can we can say uh in the best way possible um it skirts the line in a way that again maybe not for like everyone but i i think holds up like, I, I actually thought this was funny, but again, we have that 35 to 40-year-old like demographic. Right. So I don't know anybody that's uh, l- listening to us or wants to check it out yourself. Like, it like it, it might be right up your alley, especially if, like, things like Family Guy are, like, kind of only funny sometimes, and, and you wish, like, you know, there was more, more substance to it. It's kind of, like it's kind of sad that a show like this and yeah, I'm going to say it, a show like this um, never picked up any steam, but like family guy has like a billion seasons.
0: Well, yeah. And they aired around the same time too.
1: Like, because I fundamentally think there's something more wholesome and genuinely funny about this show that blows family guy even the best family guy episodes out of the water like i I think it touches on the same things but just properly and better yeah Yeah,
0: it's got the a a similar like style of like just utter irreverence
1: but it's self-referencing enough that it's it's enjoyable instead of just random jokes that don't have to do the recurring jokes within the episode are good. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so there you go. Uh, it's a big two thumbs up for me, dog. Uh, yeah. How about uh, yourself? <laughs> uh,
0: I mean, I I own this show on DVD back in the day. I've watched every episode, all six episodes. There's only six episodes, but I've watched every one like at least like a couple dozen times a piece. I fucking love this show. I mean the way i was talking about it like during this episode of the podcast it it should have been obvious
1: yeah yeah well indeed when i randomly rolled uh this one up you were like really pleased because this was your favorite episode yeah this
0: is my favorite episode uh the episode before it uh episode three which deals with a um a potential uh viral outbreak at the quick stop and quick stop having to be quarantined. That's a really funny
1: episode too. Yeah, I, I clearly need to need to check yeah. check out the rest. The first episode
0: is really funny as well. The second episode is hilarious cuz like even though it's the second episode, it's uh it's it's a fake clip show where they just keep like referencing stuff from the first episode but also s- stuff that never happened <laughs> before in the
1: series. Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> They get locked in a freezer and start and start like reminiscing about things that happened like five minutes earlier in the
1: episode. And that's, I don't know. That's, that's what I want from like humorous, like cartoons. Yeah. Right. They can be humorous to kids, even if they don't understand the jokes, but humorous for adults because they understand the jokes. And maybe, maybe it's just a little bit too clever. Maybe like Peter Griffin going <laughs> is, isn't like hits that common denominator hits that like kids will find this funny and maybe just not enough people found it funny or like, I don't, I don't know why only two episodes, huh?
0: Yeah. Um, on the, the subject of, uh, shows being too clever for their own good, uh, another, uh, I, I, on air folks I want to make a proposal for a show to talk about next week it's a show that lasted two seasons and aired also on ABC which this show did in the uh, late was 2000s was it also
1: cancelled after two <laughs> it was cancelled
0: after two seasons oh, okay but I think it was just the show was just too goddamn clever for it's own good it's a show called Better Off Ted
1: you've been wanting me to watch that for forever <laughs> it's
0: I, I I has really si- good reviews. Since we're talking about shows that we're, we're we're calling Clerks a show that was canceled probably because it was too clever for its own good. I want to propose that next on the next episode of the Laser Comb
1: podcast we talk
0: about Better Off Ted. Okay, all right, I'm all going right, in
1: I'm going in fresh. People never watched any of it. Ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: I. Uh, y- y- It's a show that I watched. I'll talk about this more on the next episode, but it's a show that I watched uh, because it was on Netflix when Netflix first launched in Canada and didn't have a lot of stuff on it.
1: So you were like, okay, let's see what this is.
0: Let's see what this is. And I ended up loving it. Weirdly enough, and again, I'll talk about this more on the next episode. uh, Several years later, I found someone had... Walk, walking along the side of the road, someone in front of their house had a box of like free to give away like DVDs and Blu rays, and one of them was a sealed copy of the first season of Better Off Ted. I still have it. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I shit you not. Know, and this was like six years or so after I had first started watching Better Off Ted. I'm like, this is random. This is weirdly specific to my interests. Let us find out. How many episodes there were? I believe there were 26. Uh, better. ah, Ted.
1: Number of episodes, 26. Ooh, two went unaired? Woo hoo hoo Woo-hoo. hoo
0: Yep, 26. Uh, two seasons, 13 episodes apiece. So I'm going to go to the old random number generator and one random number is between 1 and 26. And here we go. Where it stops, who knows? 25.
1: Penultimate episode, man. So often, this is like the fourth or fifth time where we've landed on the penultimate, like the second to last episode Uh, of a series. Do you want to? Should I re-roll it? No, no. (laughs) Or do you think that's not a good episode
0: to Uh, cover? It's called "It's It's My Party," and I'll lie if I want to. Veronica is suspicious that Ted might be using his daughter to bond with the boss. Yeah, let's do a different episode.
1: So, all right, I'm re-rolling, folks. We're re-rolling, re-rolling. Very often, penultimate episodes are kind of like part one of part two, outros to right. the season and the whole show, and they're not without context. It's uh you don't get a good window into it, and it's happened to us a lot. We're not uh, to
0: re-roll. So we uh, uh, we re-rolled on seventeen
1: all right which
0: is uh Veron- when veronica's magician boyfriend comes to town she slacks off at work lem- uh oddly lem is given a red lab coat while everyone else has a white one that's it's an okay episode
1: okay okay i can't but wait to find out what the
0: for for posterity i'm gonna roll one more time <gasps> this is what happens when you're int- intimately familiar with a show uh 5 Third Times a Charm win Some Dose Some Linda is accidentally dosed with an experimental drug that gives her bursts of energy and unexpected side effects Ted and Veronica try to outdo each other while helping Rose with a school fundraiser Okay this one's a good one Okay there we go <laughs> Episode 5 of Better Off Ted Third Times a Charm All right Well I was kind of we'll t- I, I was kind of hoping we would land on the uh the deal with it episode
1: I mean we could just watch that we, we make could, the rules
0: <laughs> we could just watch that one deal with it there's there's an episode uh i think it's in season two where uh ted the main character his brother <laughs> comes to town and he convinces the uh he basically delivers like sage his own personal sage wisdom to the two like nerdy science characters uh phil and lem and his like sage wisdom is like whenever someone doesn't like something you just tell him to Deal with it. <laughs> and so Phil and Lem, these two like awkward scientists, like just start like doing like the stupidest things and telling everyone to to deal with it. That was or, good to me. Yeah, that's a funny one. But yeah, you know, we'll 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 stick with uh with five. With five, yeah.
1: All right. All right. We
0: well, that was episode sixty five of the Lasercomb Podcast. Uh best way to support the show is to go to patreon.com slash lasercomb L-A-Z-O-R-C-O-M-B. We're at the single five dollar tier. Uh, you get access to an exclusive, uh, eh, probably bi-weekly at this point, uh, podcast called the Super Lasercomb Patreon Super Show. You also get a host of archival content, and you get to the ability to pick a show for us to review a random episode of on this very podcast. So, if you want to get in on that, go to patreon.com slash lasercomb. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at lasercomb, spelled the same way. Cal, they can
1: follow you at... Always when I'm yawning. Whoever, uh, they can follow always. Um, I don't know if you'll ever see me on there because I don't understand the twitters, but I'm on the twitters at NeoCal N E O underscore K A L. Um, I'm also NeoCal on TikTok and not on Xbox Live, unfortunately. Uh, but I am NeoCal without the underscore on PlayStation network and yeah, I, uh
0: I am laser comb on Xbox Live.
1: Oh, that's right. You are. Yeah. Yeah. And uh yeah, i do I'm going to plug uh this is very random. Uh but I'm going to plug uh my uh live stream and uh YouTube uh uploaded um D&D uh, real play uh with Dork Tales. And so that's on Twitch on Wednesday nights live. And the episodes are edited and uploaded onto YouTube after. And we're Uh, like there's 10 or more, more more than 10. (laughs) Yeah, like almost like 15-ish like episodes on YouTube.
0: So twitch.tv slash dork tales.
1: That's right. Yeah. 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 Get to see me in uh in uh elf ears. Uh possibly soon Vulcan Ears. Oh, oh, ho! <laughs> I just need to go uh, raid uh, Christopher's uh, wardrobe for <laughs> for some props and I'll I'll be good. Yeah, you just need my uh,
0: my star my sweet $60 Star Trek bathrobe that I bought not too long ago.
1: You know, it's funny. They were sharing that um, the, the people that are like part of the upcoming uh, upcoming production. And I was like, you know, I have somebody who. Who already has that because <laughs> everyone was talking about like buying wardrobe and whatever and he already has this stuff probably all you also have you have a tricorder no uh, you have, I, I have i have a com badge you have, you have a com badge i'm thinking about nearby us there there's a local talk folks curious comic there was always like this tricorder like this really right it was always I, like I too expensive that. for yeah, me the, and i'm like
0: the thing was oh, like man. 200 bucks
1: I know and yeah it has sound effects and yeah it's like working and other people with them you can communicate with each other I guess too but 200 bucks man for a prop yeah Eesh. anyway that's enough nerd talk for me run along now nerd talk run along now nerd talk (laughs) Uh...
0: Well, as I mentioned, uh, we'll be back uh, on the next episode of the Laser Comb Podcast with uh, Better Off Ted. And until then, I have been the Siege, one of your hosts. And I am Neo Cal, your other host. Uh, thanks for listening. We will sue you for $10 million next week.
1: Yeah, as soon as our Korean animation team gets on that.
0: <laughs> Bye-bye.